Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Glowface with Your Balance podcast. Today, Daniel and I spent some time talking about a different issue which is very relevant for everyone right now, which is inflation. And we have a bit of a chat about some of the different ideas that we think are having an impact on inflation. Everything from cryptocurrency to fake jobs to the rapid rise of consumerism as a result of COVID-19. We hope you find today's podcast informative. We touch on many ideas, even touching on some of the ideas from the Glowface book itself. We hope you enjoyed today. Check out the websites and and we hope to speak to you next week. Take care. And our topic today will be around inflation. Do you feel like the consumerism that we were talking about earlier and how that drives things like inflation, do you think that'll influence things like your book sale? I think, I think it's, I've probably passed the benefit of COVID consumerism if you'd sort of call it that, um, for the book. So I, I think people are going to be very particular with how they spend their money in the next couple of years. So I think yeah. that'll be, but whether that has a mass effect on the book or not, with time will tell. But I guess if it's if it's got merit, it's only $20, I suppose it's not the end of the world. But um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a changing world with this whole, with inflation and things like that and i guess i wanted to bring it up today just because i thought it was a relevant topic and i thought we could talk about a few different perspectives on it uh, that i think people aren't talking about because I, I mean i work in the world of finance and this is sort of what i deal with every week and every every day and uh <clears throat> and yeah i think it's it's more and more relevant everyone's kind of hearing about it um you know interest rates going up people have have more yeah pressures on their income uh, and you know everyone's kind of seen most people have missed this inflation uh surprise so to speak um and i, I think there's a few factors that people are like there's this sort of a lot of the narrative around it inflation has been you know typical things like the war in the ukraine and supply chain issues and others like these really high level narratives that everyone's been talking about for a long time and like all and you know the government's been giving away money and i think all these things contribute but also things other things in the last couple of years that have been overlooked that might be interesting to talk about uh, and one of those is this sort of covid consumerism so i think when we all sort of got into lockdown and and, and covid hit the last sort of three years or so you know well firstly everyone stopped spending as much money on transport and going out and other <clears throat> you know other, other things that would drive their income and at the same time they had less financial presses interest rates dropped and things like that so the people started buying crap all the time so i think you know you sort of mm. you know the delivery guy was at everyone's store every day mm. you know amazon prime yeah you took off but i think what's interesting as well like if you think back to to the pandemic during the pandemic it's apple which is probably arguably the largest consumerism company in the world so to speak, <laughs> right like they yeah want yeah you to buy their shit <clears throat> all the time and, and you know churn it over every 12 months when the next apple fucking 27 comes out right like with no new features yeah, yeah, <laughs> like a, yeah a new like plug a, that you'll yeah, need to buy a new adapter for yeah that's gonna surprise a hundred dollars oh and we and, don't include the with the plug anymore yeah. you have to buy that separately oh no headphones either yeah no yeah 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 uh <laughs> Uh, and the charger is new and the adapter and also you need a new screen cover and a new case and 
everything else, right? Yeah, um, that's right. Oh, to replace the screen? Oh, yeah, six hundred dollars. Yeah, six hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but what's like, you know, the whole world goes into lockdown, you know, things effectively stop. But Apple during the pandemic became the world's first $1 trillion company and the world's first $2 trillion company within the space of 12 months. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, the pandemic hit in, let's say, March of uh, March of 20. By October, I think, of 20, it was worth a trillion dollars. And then I think by sort of March of, of 21, it was worth $2 trillion as a company just because they made so much fucking money during the pandemic, right? Because wow. everyone was buying shit all the time. Yeah. Amazon, Amazon did very similar, like not quite the same, but I think they breached the trillion dollar barrier as well. And again, massive consumerism company. And, uh, and I think like, it's just, it, which it's just so irrational, right? Like how could we all, you know, how could the world stop in inverted commas? And yet we have these, landmark events in company growth that happen, you know, that, that you have a trillion dollars of value in inverted commas created within, within six, 12 months. It's just, mm. it, it, it doesn't make, well, well, I think there was some irrational nature to that, but also there was clearly some fundamental, they're making more money because we're spending more fucking money. So I think mm. like, like the, the consumerism mindset from COVID was just, uh, was something that I, I think that a lot of us overlooked as a as an impact on inflation. I think yeah, that's that's a very good point. I never even thought about that. Um, I think during COVID for me, it was being incredibly extroverted and needing and wanting people around. Um, it really did leave a gap in your yeah like being like you felt very empty. And I can see now that you're talking about it that connection with getting something new and using something new and products like Apple that are designed to connect people more or less Yeah, yeah. and yeah. doing so in a level of prestige, right? Um, it must give, it would give people that feeling of I'm a part of something that's important, part of something that's bigger. And I could, yeah, totally see how that would be a byproduct of such a difficult time. People looking for happiness somewhere else. And, and I just think that, that level of demand from like from a consumerism standpoint has just pushed the prices up across the board of assets and sort of impacted inflation. And, and I think that sort of that wealth that was created from us buying all this shit, like people made a ton of money, right? Like how do you double your money in the world's biggest company in six months time? It's, it's insane, but people mm. made, I'm sure heaps of money and cashed in on a lot of that money from, from that, that consumerism. Mm. Um, and, 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 you know, I think it, it certainly to your point, like, you know, pushed us towards digital interaction and pushed us towards digital connection. But again, like what is, you know, why are we using these devices? Well, typically it's, you know, because we're looking at some piece of clothing or some piece of jewelry or some, you know, some new cute thing that I want to buy or get or look at, or like, think about how many fucking, um, uh like the fitness clothing lines that have come yeah. out in the last three or four you know lskd and uh that's the only like i think of right now but there's so many of like those <laughs> those, those like um what's the other one i'm thinking of um i think of under armor but that's been around for yeah a while. no but like those ones but like the smaller brand names like but you know there's always some fitness chick promoting some fitness brand 
being on Instagram, right? Like, oh, yeah. check out these latest gear I've got from LSKD or um, whatever else. Like, there's a few of them are going around. But again, like, so we just perpetuated this buying of crap during <laughs> during, yeah. during COVID, and we just, you know, created these these uh, you know assets, be it through a company or, or through a share price or whatever it was, that were just hyperinflated in their value because we had so much money to spend on crap during during COVID that that now it's kind of like showing its head. It's like, well, okay, everyone spent all this money. All these prices have gone up because we didn't have enough supply at the time. There was all this demand, mm. and now and now everyone's like, "Oh, right, well, inflation is entrenched." And it's like, "Oh shit, I got to pay more for a pair of tights, whatever it is." And now mm. and now it's kind of reeling back. But um, do you think but, that's yeah. different? Do you think that's different? Because there's always a degree of consumerism that exists, right? So clearly, COVID's done something. Yeah, and we can see that in how these companies have responded with their profits. Yeah, absolutely. It's um I I often think to myself like we went through the <clears throat> 2008 GFC and thankfully we were like cr- like just scraping in being adults and watching the the fear that was around that I guess because we weren't so heavily impacted it seemed to just kind of coast on by and I wonder if this kind of situation that we're in now um, if it's a similar kind of setup are we going to is this going to be something that's going to resolve over the coming year? and normality will kick in in 18 mm, months mm. time and as much as i felt like that happened in 2008 i'm not sure if it did because i wasn't as affected as i am this time and and the same for you but maybe one of the thoughts i have with the inflation thing is you know i guess we all feel a bit broke because of how expensive <laughs> everything feels and it's, yeah and like any suffering once you're in it you're going shit is this forever like yeah. i gotta do something here and it makes you, you know, a bit worried. What do you think about the bounce back from this? So obviously we're gonna get the repercussions of increased or uh, devalued dollar and we can't get as much. Do you think that the process is that this will stay the same and we'll eventually see 16% interest rates over the next five years? Or is this going to be something that will level out again to normality? And what is even normality? I think it's this is a bit of a almost a if you take it to the end of of, of the thought train i think it's almost a a a reckoning of the need that things can't always be good you know we've we've had this perpetuation of governments responding to situations in the terms of we will fix it with by doing x or we'll fix it by doing y you know you post the gfc interest rates came down interest rates stayed very low for a long time you know uh, governments you know you know during covid the government all these governments around the world handing out money to people it's okay we'll get through it like here you go here's some help here's some help you know oh look we're still growing we're not in a recession we're still growing i'm you know because every prime minister or president is trying to show that they're doing a good job and now and, and you know because of that you know, all these companies, you know, blew up and the stock markets got super in, inflated in their prices and, and assets really, you know, housing market, ex, you know, exploded around the mm. world. And, and I think it's a feel, almost a philosophical reckoning or it's like, well, can we actually be okay with things going backwards for a few years? Because we can't just keep kicking the can down the road thinking that we can constantly grow all the time because that's just not how 
economies work. This is not how the world works. It's not, you know, we talk about it a lot. We talk about the need to suffer or, you know, shit happens, right? And we mm. we have this hyper-sensitive culture to negative economic, you know, neg- broad negative news, like where, if, you know, bad things are happening. We think people need to be helped all the time and shit just happens, right? Uh, you know, house prices go, you know, go down. Like things don't always go up. And mm. I think this is what this is. It's like this, you know, it's it's almost as if, well, shit, we've kind of kicked the can down the road for long enough. We have to kind of almost deal with the fact that the world is, you know, we 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 made some mistakes in how we valued assets and how we tried to always show growth all the time. It's a bit of a you know, I, I think I don't think we'll get to sixteen, in, you know, percent interest rates. But do I think that, yeah, you know, Apple is going to get to two trillion dollars again anytime soon? Like, no, I just I think we're we're going to be several several years from really sustained growth again in 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 financial assets, um, just because yeah. we we sort of had this hyper growth for five ten years that became the normal sort of, oh, I just expect to get 10, 15% on my assets. And I expect <laughs> to be able to buy a house and I expect to be able to negative gear it and make, you know, double the house price in 10 years. Like, it's just like, well, that's not, that's not just not sustainable to like constantly do that. Right. Mm. It has to stop at some stage. So I, mean, I feel as though, and like, I'm not a socialist, but I'm feeling as though that's the inevitability of capitalism. That, that, we wanted to always grow. I think any 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 process that's built on constant growth will, you know, inevitably run out of resources. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a fair comment. I think, um, but I think I think that's that's part of the issue as well. Is you know, how do you? account for the fact that you will run out of resources like mm. you just kind of or you will run out of the ability to fund your financial positions or you will have about assets that that break or things that get devalued like yeah i think you're right this is this is like a capitalism sort of conundrum where it's like well we always want to make money in a capitalistic society it's like well yeah we can and we have for a long time but it's just not how the world works anymore yeah not today not yeah. today yeah <clears throat> I think um, I think part of it as well, you know, in, in a traditional capitalistic society, this is sort of it's a very, I guess, you know, labor market driven or tangible asset driven society. We build shit. We, you know, you know, we we create things physically. There's a tangibility to what we're doing with our lives. The, you know, you know, think about the growth that happened in in the United States in the 50s, 60s, 70s, even in, mm. you know, into the 2000s. It's very driven around, you know, physical, tangible assets, right? That's really what, you know, the Industrial Revolution is really kind of, you know, think about a couple hundred years ago, you know, really what's setting up these these democratic capitalistic economies to to become the behemoths that they have come, be it the U.S., or, or, you know, or even Australia, right? Very much a mining driven economy, very much a resources driven economy. You know, this is how we've made our money for a long time. And you think in the last, you know, probably in the last 10 years, you know, you've gone from a, a world where the, the most 
profitable and valuable companies in the world, you know, for, for the last hundred years have been companies that produce tangible assets mm. that produce cars or that produce, you know, are a mining company, you know, and then you kind of shifted to financial sector in the sort of eighties and nineties where you had a little bit less tangible, but they were still services driven company, a bank, for example, a Goldman Sachs, or, you know, these kind of banks are, they've been around for a long time, but they became, you know, certainly more of the big companies in the world. The last 10, 15 years, you've gone, I shifted again to these, almost intangible asset companies, the Googles of the world, the Facebooks of the world. Um, you, mm. you know, you think of other, you know, you know, Microsoft is a bit more tangible in how they provide a service, but these these very large companies that, you know, are almost they're just marketing companies fundamentally, mm. right? Like, yeah. And, but all about the, the value we've put into these, into these technology companies, right? That, that we think are, the solutions to all our problems it's it's um you know we think the next big tech company is going to be the next you know the, the the next big thing in our world that's going to change our world in some way you know apple is the exception in the fact they give you a tangible asset but a lot of these companies don't give you anything tangible right and i think that's um you know a, it's a sort of a fundamental shift in in where we place value in assets in mm. our economy and i think and are taking that a step forward to the nth degree is is these sort of fake assets if in my opinion is cryptocurrency and, and nfts right where you have value placed in something that is completely non-tangible right typically like economies have been built on people buying resources and food and cars and homes and things that actually help your life holding a piece of bitcoin on a screen doesn't do anything in and of itself holding an nft on a screen has no practical value in your life mm -hmm. outside of driving your ability to create more value in tangible areas of your life. So mm. you don't, for example, so the point being, you don't hold uh, a Google share or you don't hold a piece of Bitcoin or you don't buy NFT for the sole reason of doing that. You do that so you can go ahead and see that asset increase, transact on that asset, so you then can buy a bigger fucking house. Yeah. That's why you have those things, not because I like the asset in and of itself. I use that. And again, what is it? What fundamental value is driving in, in the world? It's, well, well nothing. Mm. Like if, you, you know, if, you, if you compare it to a traditional asset. And I think this is, again, is another reason why in, inflation has, has kicked in is we've created these things that, we pretend have innate value. We pretend that Bitcoin is of some value in and of itself, like a piece of gold or silver, but it isn't. It is a piece, it's an asset you hold so you can transact and put into a currency that will give you a car or a house or some more food. Mm. And I think, you know, again, it's this shift. It's just such a dramatic shift in the last 10, 15 years around what's a, what assets as a society we value. And then when we when you actually get back to physical assets and you've got to pay for every day and energy and food and ha clothing and cars, oh shit, everything's more expensive because we've invented these other things mm. to make the real shit more expensive. Mm. It's in, it's it's a really good point. I've always I think I agree with you. Shares in general have always just perplexed me because I'm thinking to myself, it's just a perceived value of a company. There's no actual outcome here, so it's a popular thing. It's like, yeah, it's just the society's deemed that, yeah, this seems pretty cool. And they roll with it. 
hundred percent. I mean, I don't know if you heard the stories back early this year around um, this sort of group trading that happened on some particular stocks in in the US. So one of the stocks was GameStop. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. yeah. If you've heard this story, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, all these people got onto Reddit and everyone traded GameStop at the same time, set the set the asset price through the roof. Again, people make fucking money doing that. People make mm. tons and tons of money trading that stock within a few days. Mm. And, and, and again, you know, on what fundamental value? Nothing. Nothing. No fundamental change in the company has occurred in two, three days. They haven't produced a new good or service for the consumer to perpetuate their capitalistic society forward. You know, I think back to the whole concept of capitalism, it's not built on, it is built on tangible assets. It's not built on these, 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 you know, fake pieces of, uh, you know, these fake assets that we assign value to. Mm. I mean, we could think of the China situation at the moment with their, um, what do you call it? The building companies, yeah, the construction companies selling assets to people that aren't even there yet. Yeah, people buying them and paying them off, and like that's a real tangible approach to the same thing. Though I hear in my when I hear this from us, I feel like it's almost a testament to society's success because when you talk about like a hierarchy of needs, we're, we're meeting all these other needs to a degree of which we need to invent some ether. <laughs> where things are meant to exist that we really have no idea how it drives value because all our other needs are met. So it's almost as though it's a testament <laughs> to how successful society is because the house is there, the car is there, yeah. the food is there. And so now we're looking for other means to find value in money. Maybe, I, I don't know if success is the right term, but maybe it's just, it's it's a testament to how how capitalistic we have become almost right in the sense that like how you know how spoiled we are that we can we can create an a, 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 an asset in a in an in an image on a screen right mm. like um you know to your point how far have we taken it how 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 satiated are we in our car and our food and our our clothing that we now must find satiation in perceived value and interaction on a on on a non-physical you know reality like i mean this whole the whole metaverse thing as well again i think that's so far been a bit of a flop but i'm not close to it at all i sort of stand very far away but 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 again like trying to create uh value in you know you know i don't care how long you spend in the metaverse you still need to take a piss you're still going to eat some food <laughs> like you know like you still got to go and use physical infrastructure to survive like you got to go and you're gonna you know, get out of the house ever maybe but, but. but people people are drones man like not not everybody but like so many people are willing to just roll with it without consideration and things like the metaverse allow people to escape from yeah. the difficulties that we're talking about right now and i see i see that as the next level not necessarily a level i want to jump into but like I was working with people at the restaurant I was working at for a while. And a lot of the guys in the back are pretty young, like less younger than 20 or 20 or so. And I'd talk to them about what they're doing with the time. And they're like, Oh yeah, I just whack on the VR and I hang out in there with people. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like for like, what do you mean? Like all day. It's to just sit there on VR all day. Wow. And like, I don't know about you. I've used the VR like twice. Right. Like, never, and it's, no, never used it. it's pretty cool. It's but good. it's also like, 
very disconnecting. Um, yeah, yeah. And Josh was telling me the other day, who has a VR, that he and he's pretty bored and he's using it. And he goes, "It's kind of sad. Like you're in there, you're talking to people, but you know that you know it's not actually them or whatever. It's yeah. a very weird way. It almost makes you feel more separated. But it's these sort of things. As much as they seem ridiculous, I also feel like it's inevitable. Like the Ready Player One thing. Like that's such a you've seen that right? Uh, how oh movie? my god! I'm gonna come over and watch it with you. It is the one of the, you will love it. It is oh, one really? of the top tier movies, and the book is even better because it goes into more detail. But it covers all the shit that you're talking about around like like it doesn't. It's not as it's not as real world. Like you got to take a piss. You got to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, well, it seems yeah. to it seems to cover all the bases and makes it feel really plausible <laughs> and then the direction that we're going almost exciting um because it is the world isn't easy for everyone the world is really hard for a lot oh. for the majority of us if we are in the top one or two percent and yeah, we're, yeah. we're enabled to have these thinkings uh, so like even though these things are getting created and and it seems really against what it means to be human you know what it means to have a shared experience it seems to be going in the way that most people would rather play the game of escapism and play the game of this is fake, just like the NFTs, yeah. than deal with the reality of being fed <laughs> or uh, like owning your own home. I, I, I totally agree. The part of the point I try and make with, with Glowface is is this is this whole idea around you know we sometimes there's this narrative that we get you know when will artificial intelligence rise up and kind of take over our humanity and enslave us and you know have whips and chains Hooray! And yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> i'm but fighting like, for the ai overlords man <laughs> I think there's there's you know i probably don't subscribe to that theory personally but i i think on the other side it's you know what uh, what are you actually afraid of losing you know mm. what freedom do you think you will lose that you don't that, that you don't currently have you know the mm. freedom to to and i think fundamentally what is freedom well the freedom is to you choose to use your time and attention how you want to well fuck that your time and attention yes whatever, whatever your social media tells you it's gonna yes. be right yes, so, exactly. so, so I, I i would argue that it, you know it's this kind of concept around humanity like technology is sort of already abusing humanity's weaknesses our tendency towards wanting well dopamine and our tendency mm. to want you know to, towards wanting some some level of pride and influence on social media but i think you know the it what happens when you know artificial intelligence or technology overcomes humanity's strengths well i think fuck, it's already doing that like mm. it's already overcoming the things that make us most human our ability to actually think and engage with each other our ability to you know, form a, a social group and have a leader that takes us forward as a society, our ability to learn and educate each other, our ability to use our talents and, and, and create things in this world. Um, and and I, I, that's sort of the kind of the narrative I take with, with, with Glowface. But I think, I think to your point, this sort of non-real world that we are creating, you know, is, is having a record almost it's like a bit of a reckoning moment that like hey we can't actually maybe we can't really do this sort of fake bullshit thing online and create fake assets and things like that because it has a real impact on the things that actually make us human and keep us alive 
Mm. Uh, and, and I think maybe there's this sort of economic reckoning where it's like, well, hey, you know, Bitcoin's cute, but we actually do need to be able to transact on goods and services in a mm. real intangible way um, rather than creating some 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 fake you know you know fake value from an alternative reality be it the metaverse or 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 you know or a non-real asset let me challenge that a little bit if i think of any asset and the value that's applied to it and hypothetically the price mark that you put on your book i mean inherently that price <coughs> is an ambiguous thought in a game where you are just trying to compare or be relative in a market I mean, if as if an, if anything, isn't that then the same? Where the drive of the people's perspective of value for that thing deems its worth. So, I mean, if we look at it like that, and we we said the nth degree a few times. Where is value in anything? Isn't it just perceived? And if anything, then what we're looking at doing here and what you're describing is the real value is in experience, is in human experience. And if that's the case, then the, I mean, and I think this is true then, um, you know, the quality of the house that we have, isn't that important? The, the, the degree of the, like the nicest car we have, isn't that important? Yeah. It's being able to meet a need. And so if Bitcoin is excessive because it doesn't actually have any tangible value, then you would argue that anything that doesn't meet basic survival needs is inherently overvalued, unnecessary, and in the same boat? I agree with the value is as a perception thing. Um, you, you know, you think of gold, right, which is probably the first currency. Yeah. You know, you said people just trade and, and, and exchange gold and silver and, 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 you know, diamonds and things like that. Uh, that was the currency, you know, for a long, long, long time. But we just invented that, right? Fundamentally, you use a ship, a piece of rock or gold, right? It's, 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 it's. I mean, it is a scarcity sort of thing as well. But there, to agree, there's a there's a perception in in that that we create that if we adorn ourselves with gold, then we are of a higher status. And so, you know, you could translate that to today. If I have more Bitcoin or more followers or whatever it is, I am of a higher social status. It sort of translates through, right? But fundamentally, does either asset actually drive any fundamental human need well i think yes and no like yes in that we have a fundamental for human need to feel important i think or to you know or there is a, a weakness inside of us to feel that we are of value to our fellow people so i would agree that you know the value i would agree in saying that you know these non-tangible assets are driving some uh are fulfilling some fundamental human need uh in you know i guess in a similar way that perhaps let's say food or transport or infrastructure would but whether that is a i guess maybe not human need i think it's it's exploiting a weakness mm. rather than than actually fulfilling a need and what's I think, the need what's the weakness you think it's exploiting oh uh, i think it's i think it's exploiting how i think pride fundamentally I think it's like a, a social acceptance. Um, like these, we're talking about value being driven by a popular demand. And if everybody thinks that this is cool, 
like Pokemon cards and whatever else, then suddenly it becomes valuable because we're accepted by the society. society that we're in. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I think I think you know acceptance. If if we're all talking about Bitcoin, if I'm all we're all hanging out on on metaverse or we're all you know you know why why do we play why did you play computer games for a long time it's not because like computer games because you like you could your friend played the computer game and gave you a reason to socialize and mm. create a create you have a connection so i agree i think there's some level of perceived connection but also i think there's some level of it gives us an opportunity to feel important it, it, you know why do you post something on social media to get attention well attention feels good mm. um you know what why what what does what does having a hundred bitcoins mean? Well, it means that you are wealthy. Well, wealthy means you know gives me a sense of pride that I have financial uh, well being. Mm. Like you know, so so again, I think it's you know why do I have the best NFTs? It gives me attention. So I, I think there's that sense of um, yeah, it's exploiting our desire to yeah to 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 be. I don't. I don't want to say. I would say. Like I'll say. I think be better than other people. We feel better than other people if I have lots of likes. I have more followers. If I have more Bitcoin or more assets. I mean, the, the, the it translates the same whether it's a gold or a crown and jewelry that you know two thousand years ago or today it's Bitcoin. I think it's the mm, same thing. Exactly. Um, but I think we just have we have taken that very very far. <laughs> mm. You know. Whereas you think about gold. Gold actually has a finite scarcity to it, right? bitcoin to an extent but you know people's people's attention as well on social media to an extent but there's certainly more a, a, a greater proliferation of these other assets that allow us to feel these things mm. Mm. yeah there is and so i mean coming it back around to inflation then i guess so it's almost it's almost like we we brought this upon ourselves because of our like desperate need to feel or like feel included or, or feel a part of something bigger or totally. yeah i think so yeah uh, uh yeah and uh our desperate need to never have things go backwards <laughs> yeah which is such a case isn't it i mean when they do go backwards the the pressure it puts on yourself and i guess it is then obviously as well comes back to the societal pressure because like in essence in essence like your stocks going down or your mortgage going up just like thankfully for us like it, we're still okay like the fundamental needs are met and it's still like it just feels like you fucked up like you've made a mistake mm, like mm. you um you're not doing well even though these assets aren't really necessarily directly um <clears throat> helping you to survive or live a good life because i mean it, i mean i love the idea that happiness is a choice um so the amount of money really shouldn't affect your happiness too much um particularly at a point right like what's this what's the stat i think if you're owning over 80k that your happiness doesn't really change oh there's it's a bell curve right yeah like there's a, a there's bell a, curve no no yeah it just kind of like it just no, curves no, there's off a, there's, a, there's a peak of of like happiness to income right yeah so where like your income goes up and your happiness tends to go up with it but there's a point where it starts to drop where your income increases but your happiness drops because your life gets more complicated or you have more uh, people wanting money from you or so there's i've seen I it, in the know it i didn't know i didn't know it decreased Fuck. well i i don't think it's a it's 
probably Makes generalization, sense. but like, yeah, you know. Makes you, sense. Yeah, you get more shit. And you're going to do it. Like, I hate having shit. Like, I did, I had, I was probably the most wealthy in my early 20s, just contextually. And I had so much shit. And like, <laughs> trying to, I remember moving out of the unit I was in and this garage, which is like one and a half car garage, was packed with stuff. Not shit. Not like, like blankets and stuff. I mean, like, brand new canoe, a compound bow. Like everything, <laughs> every which way was in this thing. And it took me, it took me days to clear that thing out. Days and days, like on the amount of shit. And that, from that point on, I've been, this is like, this is six years ago now. I've yeah. been gradually getting rid of that shit. Only in the last <laughs> couple months have I'm like, okay, I only have some plates left from that experience. Now I have, like back then I had so much just stuff to get rid of. And it does make you feel miserable because it's like, I'm not using it. I should use it. I need to maintain it. I got to look yeah, after yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take care of it. Oh, I should like, clean it. I should, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. You feel responsible. Oh, yeah. And like, oh, it's just crazy the amount of stuff. Like, when was the last time you dusted the top of those shelves back there? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. like, shit. Uh, it just seems to be better to have less. Um, but still, I tell you, not have with the inflation and with these consequences of the markets and such, losing the safety that you feel you get from that perceived safety, right? Mm, is mm. still very impactful on that bell curve. It's taking those steps backwards. Yeah, sure. And you still feel like <clears throat> stressed. Yeah. Then... No, I was, just, I was gonna say like, yeah, I think you do it's a, a envy at times the part of the population that probably doesn't that doesn't give a shit about inflation right now yeah you know there's a big bunch of people with oh okay i don't even whatever. know what's happening whatever i just yeah keep having my money all right you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah yeah they don't have investments and such they're just working and spending money and just yeah. rocking and rolling yeah okay. which which is great for now <laughs> then till till it comes into a few years time or 10, 20 years time. But even like the ultra wealthy, right? Who don't give a shit. Oh, okay. Cool. Inflation's at 10%. I still have $50 million. Yeah. Which will also it. correlate to increased interest yeah, rates. I'll get, I'll get and I'll get more money anyway. anyway. So, anyway, so. better being better, boom. So. Yeah. Um, when really that's the, yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it does make me nervous. It does make me nervous. Um, yeah, it does make me nervous. Like my loans and other things. And then what makes you nervous, not is as much around the inflation itself, but feeling trapped because I'm trying to invest in a future when I'm so trying as well to be present today. And mm. whilst investing in that future, working in positions like for work, for money, that I'm not exactly in line with my nature or the things I really want in my life. But mm. now I'm doing them because shit, I have to do them. So that mm. I can finance my investments so that I can do the things that are in line with my life. Mm. And it makes, it feels very uncomfortable. Yeah. Limiting. I think, you know, limiting. in your, in your options. Yeah. So trapped is probably the most dramatic way to say it, but like, yeah, yeah, there is a, yeah, no, you, as you accumulate more responsibilities, the, the flexibility to, to, to pick things is, is, you know, you have an obligation to pay your mortgage. That's, that's at the end of the day. Like mm. that's, every month that will happen you know i've got yeah i've got a big ass fucking mortgage i got a million dollar mortgage yeah it's not it's not going away anytime soon like, no. I've, got to figure, I've got to deal with that one day like i gotta pay it off 
that's it, really. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Not going away. Like. Nope. <laughs> Nope. Um, the last thing I thought was a, a contributor inflation, uh, and I, probably a little relevant for us, is um, I guess relevance probably makes it sound mean, but like face like fake jobs or like non real jobs. And yeah. I say that in, in a like you know you think about you and I have both worked jobs where we didn't work jobs where we got paid for a forty hour week and we did not work a forty hour week. You know, I think of my, I think of uh, my startup job. I think of the job I worked at Westpac. Yeah, the banks, yeah, the, man. The banks, the banks are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, like you know, I see it even I see it now in in you know, like yeah, my job. Do I think my job is a real job? Like yes, yeah, sort of. Like, do I feel busy? Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Like, um, it doesn't mean I have a lot of emails. Again, I'm not doing anything tangible, or everything I'm doing is just on a fucking screen. But there are certainly people in banks and you know huge conglomerate businesses that have jobs that aren't real, mm. you know, that have no fucking point. Mm. You know, you just you're just there because you're making someone, reports. Someone invented it. Nobody right? does anything at the end of yeah, the report. Yeah, so you yeah. need another report, and it goes on and on. You're just mo- like, monitoring something with no outcomes. <laughs> like pretending that there's value in what these people are contributing to these businesses, and uh, you know, like you know, what, what the, the head of sustainability and you know, or the, yeah. head of, the head of I think Dad's got some fucking thing in his business called the head of inclusion and diversity. Uh, it's like, Jesus, like you're a head of, you'd be making like 200k to be like the head of inclusion and diversity in HR. That sounds like, pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, like, like what do you actually do? Like, oh, yeah, you know, they make yeah, sure everybody feels uh, like they're included. included and there's every, everyone. Needs Hello, to David. Do you feel like you're uh, included? <laughs> yes, great. What's your What's your KPI? Uh, ever eighty yeah. percent of people included? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I just think, like, again, you know, you if, if fifty years ago you worked a job. And, mm. and you know your your daily output was very tangible, right? You 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 know you got the fruit and veg from A to B. You you built the car, you built the house, whatever the fuck it was, right? And and even now in our banking jobs, like everything, like no, I don't do anything tangible. Everything on the fucking internet. But like um, you know the the ability for these you know in our in our non tangible society for these non real jobs to appear, people to get paid these non real jobs. But fundamentally, what are they contributing to a capitalistic society from their personal output? Nothing. Fuck all. They are more. They, they are more. Uh, uh, you know, taking in the demand side of the equation and supplying nothing to to society. They work their nine to five. They go home and they watch TV. They buy their shit on Amazon and they do it five days a week. You know, and they yeah. buy the Apple's fucking iPhone the next time it comes out. And, and I just think, yeah, again, again, it's 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 this kind of magic creation of these jobs that you know there's so many people in these jobs right now guarantee it oh yeah and 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 they're all just more money in the system to make things cost more to make things more expensive facebook let off like drop um Eleven thousand people. Eleven thousand people. That's how eleven thousand people people are not necessary to make facebook run (laughs) that is a shit ton of people man it's crazy And I, totally, like, right? and I think like if you realize something too, and you might not have you may maybe you did do this intentionally or didn't, but like we're talking about creating something. And I really believe that the only way to add value in the world is to bring something new 
into yes. it. And yes. I think that like your book is the ideology of of doing just that. Like you've gone ahead and created something brand new out of nothing, and you've gone ahead and put it out in the world. Like that's real value. Bringing a new invention, a new idea, yeah, and sending it out there is where it is. So it's like I don't know if you maybe when you started it, I'm interested because like is that or your was that your motivation? Like I want to do something real. Interesting. No, not really. Admittedly, I I, I mean the motivation is more the the, the sort of philosophical side of the book i think than than the tangibility of it um but yeah it it does it, it has become a uh a marker is, is that the right word like uh you, you know like a physical tangible reference point like oh like this wouldn't be here if i didn't do it it's like oh okay that's kind of cool and there's some maybe there's some new thoughts in there that Mm. that uh, are, are, are there that wouldn't be there had I not had those thoughts or tried to, you know, create those thoughts. Uh, and I, I totally agree with how you, how you assess value, just how you phrase it then is, is, you know, have you brought something new to the equation? Uh, and, and there's so little of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so little. There's no room that. to do it. There's, there's no advice on how there's society's concepts around uh, where we end up and how we end up working are very linear. And often creativity isn't uh, available to everybody. Only the best mm, get, mm. get it. And whilst these like mediocre kind of jobs that exist, there are so many and so many people can do it. So it's not an encouraged, it's not encouraged in society to, to do this. You go through school with very linear subjects, some you have to do, and yeah, then yeah, you get yeah. sent to uni with courses that are as like straightforward as law. Like when you finish this, you'll be a lawyer. Like, ah, okay, cool. There's no creativity in that. There's no, no creativity in our learning when it, with limited, with very clearly defined criteria. So yeah, I think it's, Oh, you know, that comes into the capitalism, isn't it? Like in a weird way, it's almost counter counterproductive. I mean, we, we do reward, like as a capitalistic society, we do reward people with really original ideas. Again, Apple, like, okay, there's actually a lot of there's merit in, in, the, in the assets they produce. You know, Steve Jobs is a very original, you know, thinker, putting the iPod together, the iPhone, like these all things have changed people's lives. And, you know, we've rewarded it. Like Netflix, for example, like, okay there's there's a way that's changed our lives and, and it's you know i hate using the word but you know disrupted you know, media <laughs> and things like that like it's a freaking stupid fucking word but um but yeah we really do value uh a, original thought and i think mm. we reward it uh and, and, and rightly so but as if it's we, safe to do it but if it's safe to do it i think yeah, you said it yeah. before around what we're trying to do is create safety and inclusion and being part of a society has that safety and having the the roof over your head and being able to meet that mortgage is really good but taking the time to 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 be creative to create apple like steve jobs would have had a rough gig in the first however yeah, long um, it and, took yeah and i think to your point before as well like the the new wave of inflation that we are in now this world that things cost a lot of money and you your responsibilities compound with the fact that the you know the world's costing cost more money it's like well mm -hmm. i can't i i can't have as much creativity i can't quit my job and try and sell a book for a year because i've you know because the world is the way it is and mm -hmm. I, you know it's partly my fault but it's partly this society now so be, it's that conversation it will be interesting to see whether or not in the next five ten years that 
the level of creativity, will it be stifled by the fact that there isn't that much ability for people to take financial risks because the world is very different to what it was been like for the last 10 years mm. where you know interest rates were at nothing and you could you could make a life and pay your rent and your mortgage without too much risk versus now it's like well hey fuck rent's going up interest rates going up you can't take that that bigger risk to, to mm. do the startup or have the original idea and your social exposure is huge like there is no escaping the fact that everybody that you know will tell somebody like the Facebooks yeah. and everything else online that allows instant knowledge from everyone else's activities. There is no way to hide not just your success or your attempt to be successful, but your failures in doing so. Yeah. And that is a terrifying concept when it comes to the social judgment that exists when we have parents and, and the last generation looking for security and safety and means that no longer are applicable to our happiness. I think, um, it, it's an interesting place maybe to, to stop for today's on failure because I think mm -hmm. we can pick that up. I think that's a good something we think about a bit like last few weeks. We can pick that up next week around, um, yeah, and maybe, you know, inflation is giving us less room for a failure, but then the world as well is giving us less an appetite for it as well. But mm -hmm. I think it's it, it's an interesting conversation that maybe we can pick up next week. It sounds good, Dave. Yeah, thanks for today. This was All good. Right, man. Thank you very much. I'll speak to you then. Speak to you then.